Amen. I like to hear that trumpet. One day we will hear the trumpet. We will be with the Lord forever. Again, uh, like I said in the morning, it is a real blessing to be here. And uh, it is our home church. And uh, thank you again and again for your love for us, for the way you are supporting us in many ways. Uh, when we bought the building, you help us. Now we are remodeling, you're helping us. And um, I can count, I can count your, your, your attitude. And also thank you for the condominium, good, good place, good time to, to rest. And um, open your Bible in Second Corinthians chapter seven. And uh, I will tell you something. This morning, Brother Chan said that uh, uh, my work in Spain is 13 years. It is 26 years. And uh, going to Venezuela, and you count, it is 41 years. And I am not old yet. When you are old, you don't know if you are if you are in your bed or you just leave your bed. When you are old, when you go outside and you see an old lady that is trying to cross the, the street and you try to help that lady and you realize that is your wife. <laughs> but we are not that old yet. And please, you, you pay attention because uh, I don't preach in English all the time. I preach in Spanish. So since uh, I will preach in English, oh, you want me to preach in Spanish? Some of them, you know, no, no problem. But uh, you pray for me, you pray for me, and uh, pay attention, you know. I'm praying, Lord, help me, help me. And uh, I will preach this message entitled, the great joy of suffering. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse four. I like this verse. The apostle Paul is saying, great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorifying of you. I am filled with comfort I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. Oh, that helping me more, more and more. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time, for this opportunity. Help me, Lord. I know you are our helpers. Touch my heart, touch our hearts, that we may understand more about your word, and we may surrender more and more, Lord, and serving you with love. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Apostle Paul said here, I am exceeding joyful in, our, in all our tribulation. Tribulations. It seems that in this time, when we walk, when we talk about suffering, 
it goes only one direction. We think in general like that, the physical or the emotional, because we face problems. We face economical problems, we face sickness, we face stress, and much more. I am not trying to ignore this kind of situation. We know that every day has its own evil. As it is written in Matthew 6, 34, and we know that our first, first reaction must be to go to the Lord. It must be the first reaction. Because he is our helper. Nevertheless, the Bible is teaching us that the emphasis on suffering as its focus on the spiritual than the physical. Again, the Apostle Paul says, I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Then in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, he says, rejoice even more. And uh, Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice. Rejoice. In Paul's epistles, we can see that uh, the suffering is for the cause of Jesus. For preaching Christ. For telling the people about the gospel. For sharing others of our faith. In addition to this, what are we doing? Are we trying to avoid rejection from the people? Are we afraid to let the people know about our faith in Christ Jesus? In general sense, today we are having good time. We are having good time. No persecution yet to come. Nobody is reporting that some brother is in jail for preaching Christ as Lord and Savior. Nobody is calling, wanting to take our lives for our testimony in Christ Jesus. We are not receiving a phone call and saying, listen, I'm sick and tired. You are talking to me about Jesus. The first time I saw Isaiah, I would kill you. We are not hearing these kind of things. And I remember, I guess five years ago, we went to the country of uh, Morocco, Marruecos in Spanish. When uh, we went there, it was a missionary there. Brother Beshore. And uh, he told me, there are two Christians in jail now. And we will pray for them. We were praying for them. And when they, when they were released, we saw those guys in the church. And they were so glad. They say, I'm so glad. That we are so happy to be in jail because the have, we have the opportunity to talk to the prisoners about Christ, and also we talk to the, to the police. Amen. It was a good lesson for us to learn, to learn about that. And uh, I remember, you know, in the book of Acts, 
when some apostles were put to jail. In Acts 5.41, it says, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counting worthy to suffer shame for his name. What a name. Wonderful name of Jesus. It is not that I am looking for these things, but Christian suffering is plain clearly in the Bible. The emphasis falls on this. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. So we must try to live a godly life in Christ Jesus and be faithful, set aside for God and fear him. Since trying to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be a reason to suffer, let it be. Let it be. Again, the Apostle Paul says, I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Rejoice even more. Rejoice even more. I have one thought in my mind now, the teaching of God's word, because the word of God is telling us many things. And uh, I will emphasize about suffering. We must follow the example of Jesus. Isaiah 53 is telling us about the suffering of Christ. In verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And he hid has it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. We know the Lord Jesus Christ suffered, and we know also that his mission is unique. His love is great. His sacrifice was necessary. His salvation is essential for anyone that come to him and really repent of his sins. Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que ha dado a su Hijo unigénito, para que todo aquel que en él cree no se pierda, mas tenga vida eterna. John 16, 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believing in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believing in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Even though it is a fact that this wicked world is against us. Consequently, we must carry our own cross, which means that we need to identify with the suffering of Christ every day. In Matthew 16, verse 24, 25, it is saying that, that we need to carry our own cross. Talking about the teaching of God's word, I said we must follow the example of Jesus. 
And also, we must follow the example of Paul. After his conversion, Jesus told Ananias concerning the new convert, Saul of Tarsus, and he said to him, for I will show him, talking about uh, Saul, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake, Acts 9, 16. When I started reading again and again, I was thinking, and I said, um, you know, for I will show him how great things he must suffer. Many times we think, you know, you are a Christian, you are saved, you know the Lord, everything will be okay, no problem. You, we even talk to others, you receive Christ. When you receive him, everything will be okay. But when I read that, it touched my heart. It touched my heart. For I will show him how great things we, he must suffer. Suffer. For my name's sake. Now we are in Second Corinthians, in Second Corinthians chapter 10, ten and eleven. We found something real good about that, about suffering. In chapter ten, Paul is uh, Paul is defending his ministry because some of the believers uh, have doubts about him to be a real apostle. Uh, but in uh, chapter eleven. He is showing his good behavior, his love for those Christians in the church of Corinth. And also, he's telling them about his sufferings for the cause of Jesus. Verses 22 till 33. Now, this is the question. Can we understand his suffering? Can we understand his suffering? Suffering and prison. And in shipwrecks, in many dangers, perils in many ways, among false brethren, brethren, hunger and thirst and cold and nakedness. Then verse, and then in verse 20, 28 says, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, and more and more things. What is it the overview of our suffering for the cause of Christ? We need to know that our suffering for the cause of Christ always ends in victory anyway. We are no, we are no losers. You may say, well, you know, the situation is hard in this world and uh, people are rejecting more and more and uh, we are no losers. It is the time for us to be used for the Lord because he is everything in our lives. Thinking about the teaching of God's world, I talk to you, we must follow the example of Jesus, we must follow the example of Paul, 
And also, we must follow the example of those who suffer for the cause of Christ. And there are many, there are many. To begin with the apostles of Jesus Christ, all of them suffered persecution and died, and died for preaching the gospel. Well, not considering Judas Iscariot, you know that. But if we see uh, the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 1, we see James, the brother of John, was the first apostle to die as a martyr. And for sure there are more Christians that gave their lives. And only God knows each one. I like Revelation 20, verse 4. John saying, And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And today, we can see persecution against Christians more than before. Atheism, Islamic extremism, and religion intolerance are the main causes of this persecution. And I believe that no one knows how many real Christians are in this world. Many can say, well, there are 20 million Christians in the world, whatever. But God knows about it. He has the record. And if you know the Lord, rejoice even more. But uh, according Open Doors, which is an, a Christian institution that tried to show to the Christian world about the sufferings of Christians, and uh, they say that there are 50 countries in which it is very dangerous for Christians to go. At least 14 of them are the most dangerous. Dangerous: Afghanistan, North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Nigeria, Pakistan, South Arabia, India, and Iran. The Apostle Paul was real when he said, being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the fifth, fifth of the world and are the obscuring of all things unto this day. 1 Corinthians 4, 13. We are like the excrement for the world. They don't want to hear about the Lord. I'm talking about the sinful world, people without Christ. And I have this question. Are we prepared when persecution will take our doors? Oh, Lord, help us. I heard a list of four or five or six preachers, well-known preachers, they say, we need to, we need to talk about that. We need, we need to preach about that. 
because persecution is coming anyway. So we need to pray and be brave because we have a great Lord. Number one in my mind was the teaching of the word of God. And I have in my mind another thought, the reality in our own life. And it will be just two points. Don't worry about it. It will take a short time. And I like John 17. Oh, I love John 17. The Lord Jesus Christ is praying for his disciples and for every real Christian in this world. I am not alone. You are not alone. Really. Verse 14. I have given them thy word. And the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of this world. Now, when Spurgeon, Spurgeon was saved, you know the story of Spurgeon. His family was praying for him, praying and praying. And when he was saved, he went home and he, he gave the good news about that and the family rejoice and I will not rejoice with what happened here <laughs> those things happen they happen with me well talking about Spurgeon he really was converted, but uh, however, it is not always so. My testimony is different. Can you hear me well? Yes. My testimony is different, and maybe your own testimony, because when I was saved, I received a lot of opposition. Uh, my own family was against me, I was, I was saved at the age of 25 years old. And my mother was, my mother was very Catholic and uh, strong Catholic. And one day she got upset and she told me, you are not my son anymore. You can leave the house. That hurt me a lot. I was in the States. When my, uh, when my mother received the Lord as Jesus, uh, he, uh, she received the Lord, and my mother-in-law talked to her about Christ, and two years later she died, and now she is in heaven. She is in heaven. Before she died, she said, uh, talk to my son. I was wrong. I was wrong. Now she knows the Lord and she is, she is in heaven. Amen for that. When uh, we went to Spain, the Lord helped us to establish uh, with my in-laws uh, the church called um, uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church. And close to the church, close to this new church, there was a Catholic seminary and uh, one of the priests came uh, to us, and they say, uh, you know, 
uh, we you 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 can see we we just want in your congregation just you can have 50 50 people if no you will have problems with us but the lord help us it was a threat that was now carried out we thank the lord for that and after, after this effort, in 1996, we went to the country of Venezuela, and with God's help, we established two churches, one in, uh, one in uh, the city of Valencia and the other in the city of Huacara. And it was tough there because um, I remember uh, the opposition was stronger there, and three times uh, I was in danger, and one of them was against my own life for preaching Christ. A man came and wanted to stab me with a knife in my back. And two guys came. I did not see them, you know. They came and jumped on top of the guy, and the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. And also, one day, two robbers pointed us with guns, uh, revolvers, when three of us were fixing up the place for a new building of the Church of Wakata. I lost my wedding ring, I lost my watch, I lost everything, and they took it. That's life. But the church was established in Wakata. Amen. The church was established in the city of Wakata. Then in 209, we went back to Spain again, and two churches were established with God's help. The church in Parla and the church in Colmenar Viejo in 2019. My son David is there, pastoring as a missionary. And uh, Coming back to Spain, we were facing also opposition. When we talk to the people about Jesus, in spite of this, the church in Parla is growing. Church in Parla is growing. We have ordained three pastors. Paco Prada, he is from Spain. Flavio Stabardao, he is my um, son-in-law. He is from Romania. And Jordi Torrealba, he is uh, from Venezuela, and also a deacon. Lucho Ugas, he is a humble man. He is a wonderful man who is a good deacon. Now, Pastor Jordi Torrealba, with God's help, will establish a new church in another area in Madrid. In Madrid, there are six million 800,000 people, big city. So I will help him, and also the Church of Parla will help him. Now I will finish, and I will talk to you concerning our new church building. Since that beginning, it was very difficult for us to accomplish our goals. Since day one, the buying of the building was a pain in the neck. <laughs> pain in the neck. Because the government and the bank 
We're not trusting, we're not trusting in us for the money that we deposit. Why? Because the money laundering. It was a real miracle for us to buy this building. Real miracle. After this was done, we are facing a nightmare to enter into the building because uh, the city hall of Parla is working very slow to give us the green light. In other words, the official approval. It's just bureaucracy. And uh, we are suffering really in this way because uh, other places, you know, when they want to open a, a bar, it's already, you know, approval. Or nightclub is already approval. But for us, it's taking a long time. In spite of these things, the city hall has been charging us free after fee after fee. We were not expecting that, but we have a great Lord. I will finish with, with good news, good news, good news. The Church of Parla is growing. The people, the congregation are excited praying because they want to be in the new building. The government, government is taking so long, but that three days ago, I received the good news that the government gave the approval to, to remodeling. And today, Pastor Fabio Stavardal, he said that uh, we will be in the building uh, next month because uh, things are coming real good and we are praying for this final approval waiting for one year and you know that many of you told me the situation in this church when uh, you were building it was a pain in the neck right but we have a great Lord we have a great Lord the book of Acts is talking about uh, persecution against Christians, uh, talking about missions and going to different places and the Apostle Paul suffering and everything. But also the Lord was helping the ministry. And the Lord is helping us. The Lord is helping us. He will continue helping us. And... Um, Pray for us, because we will report you good news. I wanted really to come here and tell you that uh, we already have the building, and everything is going pretty good, but everything is according to God's time. And uh, I'm so glad to know that we have a great Lord. And uh, you continue praying for us like we are praying for you. And that's the good news I want to tell you, and I will tell you more, because the Church of Parla will grow. I can see the potential of the people in the church. The church will grow. If we need to move after more years, we will move, go to other place, because we have a great Lord in spite of suffering and opposition. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity to update the ministry. Amen.
And all God's people said, let's stand together, shall we? Heads bowed, eyes closed. We'll have a little time of invitation. It's possible the Lord has spoken to some hearts as he has mine sitting right there. He blessed my heart, encouraged my heart. Um, I even wrote down something in my Bible. There's all kinds of little sayings I've heard that are worthless. Live and let live, you know, do your best and hang the rest and keep calm and carry on. But he said this tonight. He said, pray and be brave. Man, I wrote that down. I'll never forget that. Pray and be brave. Let me say, Pastor Bladock, with heads bowed, the Lord has spoken to my heart about something. Would you raise your hand where you are? God bless you and God bless you and God bless you. We're going to have a time of invitation. If God has spoken to your heart, the hymn is I Surrender All. I encourage you to obey his voice and listen to his voice. Father, bless the invitation. Use it according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.com. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.